I am Sarah Riggs, and this is Invitation to the Species. This moment of our present invites us to pivot with a knowledge of the past and our feeling of the future. Nothing less than transformation is occurring to the often further detriment of many, to the contributed profit of some. And any transformation in deep and resounding positive directions depends upon movements, many of which are already well underway, even have been all along, and some which come from or are nudged by artists and intellectuals. So here we are, Tamas, the word for connection in Arabic, that has worked since 2004 between the US, Morocco, and France in film, poetry, and dance, translation, and with Moroccan girls. This is our new branch, Earth Arts Justice, and we have launched a series of podcast video interviews, sometimes with reading performances, with thoughtful members of our community of artists and people at large. We are asking folks to think about what thoughts of their grandparents' and parents' lives could bring to the present moment and how their own work and lives connect to collective ecosystems, health balances, and to our climate. Each participant receives one or more questions that is specifically connected to their work and experience. Welcome to Invitation to the Species. Cecilia Vicuña, it is so wonderful to be here today with you virtually. I first saw you perform in Ann Arbor, Michigan in a large white cement room and you strung the crowd with red yarn and you whispered and you made me feel connected to something that I've never felt connected to. And our opening question for this interview uh, and performance, Invitation to These Species, is to find out about your connections to your ancestors, to your grandparents, to your parents who are still with us, and how you think what their lessons have come through you and how they pertain to our present and our future. Just the very question makes me feel like crying because now, because of the COVID, uh, for the first time since the military coup, I can't go to Chile to see my parents. My father is 98, my mother is 96. My mother is an Indian who never knew that she was an Indian until I did my oh. DNA when I was in my 60s. <laughs> you know? And my father, he comes from a Basque Irish family and who settled in Chile in the 17th century. You know, they arrived penniless and they um, somehow uh, managed to create an extraordinary culture. And um, so what I learned from my parents and my grandparents is uh, something that you don't learn with your mind, that you learn with your heart, 
which is a total uh, love, a total devotion to each other. And this extraordinary love that they transmitted uh, was not just within the circle of the family, but it was within the circle of the society, the circle of uh, revolution, the circle of the entire universe as far as I was concerned. And so the extraordinary thing I was reflecting on this is that this European uh, family uh, that produced my father's existence uh, had become sort of native. And when I was born, I was born in 1948, it was one of the few periods when my grandfather, Carlos Vicuña Fuentes, was not being persecuted and put in jail. <laughs> you know, he had been in jail several times, actually four times, and he always escaped from prison because he was, uh, uh, he had this tremendous uh, necessity to to have uh, justice and, and civil rights uh, not only be the driving force of his life, but the driving force of communities of, of, of the entire Chilean society. And uh, for example, he was an inspiration to Pablo Neruda. And he was, uh, he was a writer and, and a politician and a professor, dean of the university, many things. But the main thing he was, he was an oral speaker. He wrote some amazing books. But when Vicuña, my grandfather, spoke, Hundreds of people had to gather because he had what was called the gift of the word. And I witnessed that as a little girl. And uh, he um, and his wife, who was a wonderful sculptor, Teresa Lagarrige, they could receive a large community of politicians, scientists, artists every Sunday in their home. And we lived in, in, in the soil. We lived uh, in, in a territory uh, that was south of Santiago at the time, in the middle of the wilderness. And uh, all the little houses, adobe little houses where the family lived, and there were many children, lots of cousins, we formed like a sort of clan. And the houses were filled with books in every language. Many of the women in the family were artists, some of the men were writers or scientists. And so we grew up in this sort of soup of creativity and commitment, in a soup of solidarity, you could say, with life itself. That was the, the European side family. And on top of that, everybody cultivated the land. On top of that, everybody had uh, little animals, you know, and we lived surrounded by these fields. Uh, and so the combination of the grounding on the earth itself and on the grounding of solidarity was very intense. So I knew that I was, <clears throat> I didn't call it that way, but I, I started to write and, and be an artist even before, this my mother says, before I could speak. <laughs> I already was drawing. I was already in, in that creativity. But the other side, the indigenous side of my family, 
uh, both my grandfather and my grandmother, his name was Alberto Ramirez and Teresa Arenas, <coughs> they never knew that they were Indians. They died without knowing that they were Indians. But uh, especially my grandfather, he was very dark-skinned, tremendously handsome and dignified. And he had been robbed of his land by his own relatives when he became an orphan at age like three. And um, so my indigenous side was very poor. And uh, but they lived in, in in also in a field of love. They had a little house with a large piece of a garden, you could say, in in the industrial, poor, polluted neighborhood of Santiago. And yet they had made that little place into a paradise. And uh, th I was the first born uh, grandchild. Therefore, I had the privilege of spending enormous amounts of time with uh, grandparents. Is there a word, sides. Cecilia, for the gift of the word? Is mm -hmm. um, El don de la palabra. Okay. Mm -hmm. And don is a very beautiful word uh, that if you think of it, don means that it has, it has been given. In other words, you have been born with this gift. And I have constructed a palabrarma. You know, my palabrarmas are, are words, single words, that open up to reveal their uh, life core. And the word, word perdón, which means pardon, forgiveness, really means uh, to let the gift through. Because per is through, and don is gift. And if you think of the English forgive, it is very similar. You see, you are for the giving. Look at that. Is the idea of abundance and richness just in the act of giving and seeing, perceiving the gift that we really are to each other and the gift that we have received by being alive. So... <coughs> The don de la palabra. My grandfather, Carlos Vicuña, the, the oral speaker, at one point, uh, he was becoming 80 years old, and there was this big party to celebrate him. And all the principal speakers that were just as old as him, or even older, who had been the revolutionaries of the 1920s in Santiago, were gathering there to honor him. And I was a teenager at the time. And after all these grand men, of course, only men were speakers, gave their, ter their terrible um, prophecies about what humanity was becoming, because they felt that this uh, terrifying decadence of uh, people's commitment to justice, people's commitment to each other, had corroded and corrupted uh, human society. And this was happening in the 60s must be. So at the time where I thought that the world was exploding with beauty, you know, so I stood up like, uh, in Spanish we say, como un like resorte. How could you say that? Um, like a spring. I sprang. And everybody looked at, what is this girl doing? This is outrageous. A woman never speaks. 
a little girl never speaks. But boom, I sprang up and I said no. Um, uh, I and I began. Uh, I created that. I think I was that my first public performance. I suppose it was, and I began speaking of the sap of the trees that I had seen on the way to this event. I began to speak of the energy that uh, was emerging from the earth and moving through the pavement of the city streets into the sap of the trees and into our bodies and our veins. And whatever I said, some of, my, of the people who were witness still remember those words. I, I only know this part that I'm telling you. And I said, it's up to us to convert this sap, this energy that is rising from the earth into beauty and justice. And, and as long as one person stands in this planet, that possibility will remain. And the most wonderful thing is that I can tell you that now that I'm an old woman, I feel exactly the same.